0: Planning for your financial future is a lot like solving a puzzle. Sometimes it's simple, like a jigsaw puzzle. You have all the pieces and you just need to find out how they all fit together to reveal the solution. But sometimes, planning for retirement is more like a crossword puzzle. You don't even know the answers to some of the clues, let alone how they all fit together. Like, how much can I expect to get from Social Security? How much income do I need in retirement? Or how much risk is appropriate? That's why Certified Financial Planner Dan Caprill is here to host Solving the Financial Puzzle. On today's show, we want you to learn more about finding the right answers to your financial questions and how those answers can fit together to bring you more peace of mind. So get ready. Solving the Financial Puzzle starts now. Thanks for joining
1: us this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Capril, your local wealth coach right here, of course, in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas with offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky. You can meet with the team at Mattson and Capril about your financial situation at any point in time by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN or by going online to quizdan.com and finding great information about the team there. Dan, thanks for joining us this week. How are you, sir?
2: I'm great. I'm rested. Took oh, little, good. Took a few days off, went down to the beach of uh, Carolinas. Although it was a little, it was a little cloudy, but uh, all in all, it was nice. you got to love the ocean.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, there's nothing. Uh, I feel like, you know, you folks from Ohio, uh, <laughs> in the summer... Every license plate, because, you know, I grew up on the North yeah. Carolina coast.
2: Every summer, mm-hmm. the
1: license plates are either North yeah. Carolina or Ohio. It's one of the Well, other.
2: little known fact, when they developed Hilton Head, a guy by the name of Frazier was one of the major developers of Hilton Head. He specifically targeted the Ohio area because he figured that it was uh, the right distance and, you know, that people would come. And, uh, yeah, no, I— the condo that we were running I would say half of uh, half of it was from uh, Ohio. So our listeners out there, I'm sure you're all familiar with the Hilton Head area, great area. Of course, that whole. You know, North Carolina, South Carolina yeah. coast is just beautiful. Everyone thinks Florida. I never think Florida. I always think the Carolinas. You've got to wait a little bit later in the, into the season for it to warm up, but just gorgeous. My goodness. Maybe it's, it's
1: the beautiful. Wright Brothers connection. Maybe that's what it
2: yeah, is. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. There's that, too. Go see Kitty Hawk while you're down there. That's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just go all up and down the coast you'll have a, you'll oh, have a good time. Fa-
2: Fantastic beaches, great, great food. If you love golf, there isn't a better place to go. It's true. So yeah, no, great, great area. Uh, but you don't want people to know about that, Walter, because then you're gonna have them all in your backyard. That's
1: so. right. Yeah, stay away. We want, we you want.
2: Don't, you don't need all those Buck guys showing up in Tar Hill Country.
1: We don't want me. it turning <laughs> into you know Myrtle Beach where it's too crowded.
2: You know, we've got exactly
1: going to kind of exactly. keep it a little bit smart, <laughs>
2: little secret.
1: Well, it's a Memorial Day weekend as well, so uh, happy Memorial to uh, Memorial Day to everybody, and uh, thank you for your service to all the veterans out there as well. Uh, lots on the docket today, Dan. I think you're going to enjoy this one since you just had uh, a kid graduate college and now moving mm-hmm. into the, his working years. We're going to talk about raising kids and financial planning and how those mm-hmm. things relate, uh, plus much more on the docket. We're going to go to the movies. Uh, In this week's show. And I'm looking forward to this. You're going to compare these famous movie quotes to financial planning. I think you'll Uh get a kick out of this. And uh, we'll always take questions on the local listener line. Let's get to those to start off the week. We've got one from Jack in Troy to kick us off. And Jack says, I'm in my mid 50s and haven't ever paid much attention to my retirement accounts. I've just been saving and investing over the years, but without any real direction. Am I way behind the curve if I'm just now starting to pay more attention?
2: Well, Jack, you're more normal. So if we're going to say the curve is average, no, you're kind of right in there. But you've recognized the fact that now that you're in your 50s, it is perhaps time to start looking at these things. So that's fantastic that you've made that observation. Now, here are some of the things you need to be aware of. This is the key time for you. This is like you're you're in the red zone right now as you approach retirement age. And there's a lot of factors that need to be explored. Number one is how are you allocated – are you taking on too much risk for the return you're likely to get? You, know, you could have handled maybe the decline we saw in, in 2008 because you were still going to work for a number of years. But if you get another major decline, you know, are you going to be prepared for that? Is that going to require that you, you work longer? Um, does it make sense? So we don't know that. That's one thing you want to explore. Another big one I talk about all the time on the show is taxes. The tax that you are going to pay in retirement can be a bit surprising to people because if you've got money sheltered away in 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, the piper needs to be paid when you start pulling the money out of those. So it's very important that you consider developing a strategy so that maybe you can do things now so that when you get to retirement, you'll have a tax-free retirement. The biggest concern that I have going forward is Congress might might raise tax rates just look at the demographics. I mean, it's almost requiring that we're going to need more revenue. And while growing the economy can do it, these guys in Washington will not stop spending. So it's a lot easier for them to just with the stroke of a pen say we're going to raise taxes. And you know, the candidates that are left in this election, I don't see any real people here talking about slashing taxes. So we need to be prepared for that. Because if they raise income taxes, guess guess what, Jack, the tax on your, social, on your 401ks, IRAs, that goes up. So Yes, it's great now that you're starting to pay attention. Unfortunately, most people don't. And by the time they come see someone like me, well, I wouldn't say it's too late, but I just can't help but think of the things we could have done mm. had, they, had they come see us sooner. So if you're in your mid-50s, this is go time for you. And I, I, I strongly urge you, you, know, to, you know, to find somebody. I mean, give our office a call. We'll sit down there. We'll show you what it's all about because this is a very, very important time.
1: It's probably the missed opportunities that really nag at you.
2: Oh, Huge. And then you go back and they say, boy, I wish I had only known this then. All right, well, look, now you know. So let's do something about it, all right? Let's take some action today.
1: All right. And uh, to get in touch with Dan Capril and to take advantage of an opportunity like that to discuss your financial situation, to not procrastinate, to take control of what your portfolio is doing for you, to make sure that you understand everything that's in it, to not miss those opportunities. Again, call Dan Capril, 844-QUIZ-DAN- and his great team at Matson & Caprill, 844-784-9326, that number to call, serving you in Cincinnati and in Dayton as well. Dan's a certified financial planner and is well qualified, certainly, to answer this next question from Tony in Beaver Creek. And Tony says, what's a reasonable rate of return to expect from a conservative investment account? Because it seems that everybody defines conservative differently. So I'm interested to hear your take.
2: Well, that's, that's a great question. Yeah, that's just a term, right? It really doesn't mean anything. It's whatever you want to define it as being. Let me first emphasize to you, Tony, that if you're going to have any money at risk, meaning in equities and things like that, you're going to have to accept some negative volatility to go along with it. The key is not to look at your one-year rate of return. Understand that markets are never going to be designed to provide linear results, so very often, you know, somebody will say, look, I, you know, I've been flat the last couple of years. Something's wrong. No. Very often, a zero rate of return is well within the expected range of a portfolio. But you know what? So too could 10% be ex- in the expected range. So could minus 2%. The problem is that, number one, a lot of people don't know this. They don't know that within any one year what their portfolio is likely to do with maybe only a 5% error. You know, I always like to tell people, look, if you're in this mix, there's a 95% chance that you're going to get a rate of return between X and Y. So any of those numbers in there, they're fair game. Unfortunately, though, we're not going to get the the long-term rate of return that we want unless we're patient. And I say unfortunately because we're not wired to be patient. So there is no exact term there is there is no exact return number tony that i could tell you is this is what you would expect because you're going to be at risk now you could certainly put your money in in certain guaranteed type investments that'll guarantee you a two three percent every year you'll see it on the line that's fine you know that if you want to go that route you want to call that conservative that's fine to me it's all about what rate of return tony do you need to have the lifestyle you want and then once we've determined that number how do we get that with the least amount of volatility? And the problem, of course, is there's still going to be some volatility, but it doesn't have to be like you've lost 100% or 50% or 60%. No, it doesn't have to be that at all. So when I, when I hear the term conservative, what I'm really thinking about when I use that term is what I'm trying to do is, is minimize the downside. I'm not going to take it out entirely, because if I take out the downside in any one year entirely, I'm going to dramatically reduce your upside. And I don't want to do that either. And sometimes people fall victim to a lot of product salesmen out there who sell fear, doom and gloom, trying to get them to put all their money in these, these low return and guaranteed products. Look, there's, a, there's maybe a place for them for some of your money, but I doubt quite seriously there's a place for all of it. So what you want to do, Tony, is you want to ask your advisor who's ever building this portfolio for you, what range of returns can I expect to see in any one year? And if that range meets to your satisfaction, then who cares what we call it? Who cares if we call conservative or moderate or, you know, blue sky? Who cares? What we want to know is what range of returns can I expect? Because if you know what that range is going in, when you feel the negative side of it, you're less likely to panic. I feel it's very important. We all understand that. If you don't know what your one-year likely returns could be, Forget the long-term average. I don't care about the long-term average. I mean, what's the year-to-year volatility? If you don't know that, you're making a very serious mistake, and somebody needs to inform you. That's why we do our portfolio MRI. So let people know what that range is.
1: Well, expectations are so important, Dan, and I think that's one of the the key things. It's like a football coach who goes into the season and uh, tries to kind of, uh, you know, build up the team. Oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Comes in with all sorts of guarantees, yeah. and then even if they have a great year, if they fall a little short of those expectations, then the you know year is viewed very negatively. Whereas if you can go into the year with reasonable expectations, you know what the possible high is, you know what the possible low is. Everybody is a little bit more under. Understanding, They are more acceptive of the outcomes. And uh, I think kind of all around everyone, when, when you have reasonable expectations, it leads to better outcomes usually.
2: Well, and this is why good advisors have programs that do just that. Like we have a program that we take our clients through called Managing Your Expectations. And it's just that. It's letting them understand what they can expect to see. So that when they, when reality hits, they don't panic. It's almost like when you get, if you've ever gone on a cruise, the first thing that they have you do is called a muster drill. And what they say is, okay, if there's, if there's a major problem here and we need to exit the boat, here's what we're going to do. Well, let's get that out now. Let's get, you know, they always do that before the boat even leaves. Everybody's thinking about having a drink and, you know, going to the islands. But they said, no, no, first we're going to do disaster training. And then, you know, that way there's not going to be any panic. And it's the same thing. So you know, managing expectations is another one of the courses that we provide through our investor academy. I think it helps people a great deal.
1: Great question, Tony. Thanks for sending that one in. If you want to submit a question to be featured on the air, go to quizdan.com and ask Dan that way. You want to have a one-on-one talk about your financial situation, maybe find out about an upcoming event in the area in Cincinnati or Dayton, call 844-QUIZ-DAN to reach out. That's 844 784 93 Twenty-six. One more question on the local listener line this week comes to us from Kim in Springboro. Kim says, I pay an annual fee to my financial advisor, but we don't ever communicate. I assume that he's paying close attention to my accounts, but how do I really know?
2: <laughs> you know, your guess is as good as mine, Kim. First of all, the fact that you're not having any real communication with your advisor is a major, major problem. In fact, I, um, we have this report and a series of tools that we call the seven biggest mistakes people make when they hire a financial advisor. So, Kim, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to get a copy of this report. It's a great report. It'll give you some insights that maybe you were unaware of. It'll maybe help you answer some of these questions. So the way you're going to get that report, Kim, is assuming you have access to, um, to a smartphone or any of our listeners out there, text the word mistakes, to 555-888. Again, the word mistakes with an S, plural, mistakes, 555-888. What you're going to get in there is not only the report called The 7 Biggest Mistakes People Make When They Hire a Financial Advisor, but we're also going to throw in a couple additional things, including a copy of our book, Retirement Rescue. So get a copy of that. I think you're going to find it to be very helpful. When you you go ahead and send that text out, Kim, what's going to happen is you're going to get a response back from me on your phone. You want to click the, the link that I provide you. And then go ahead and enter your information. If you don't enter your information, I can't mail it out to you. So don't worry. I'm not going to be calling you up. I'm not asking for your phone number or anything like that. I just want to get you the information that's out there. The other nice thing too, Kim, is that we'll also, as we have workshops, and this is for any of our listeners, if you if you do order that or some of our other kits that we've offered here on the show, you automatically will get invitations to our workshops. They're all free that we have and they're almost always at the University of Dayton. All right. But getting back to your your question here as far as, you know, how do you know you, you obviously have to hold your financial advisor accountable. A good financial planning practice will not only speak with you or or contact you regularly but they're also going to always update your plan and they're also going to make sure that you're aware of how your portfolio is working if they're not meeting your needs you have every obligation to yourself to either demand that they change or if necessary find somebody else that's the beauty of capitalism there's plenty of uh, competition out there and you can bring that to it but it has to be based on on what your needs are In our case, the way that we operate, we not only meet regularly face-to-face with our clients, we provide ongoing education to our clients, we have workshops for our clients, we update their financial plan every single year, we we look at their taxes. You know, we want to be that point person that they can go to so as things change, they're not caught off guard. I want my clients to be living their lives. We'll worry about the finances, but we're going to report back to them always. That fee must be earned. So make sure you get what you're paying for, Kim. Again, get a copy of the, the report and the kit, Seven Biggest Mistakes People Make When They Hire a Financial Advisor. Very easy to get it. Got a copy of that and the rest of the items in the toolkit.
1: Again, text the word MISTAKES. Be sure to put the S on the end of there. MISTAKES to 555 to pick up that great report, 555-888 is the number you text and put the word mistakes into the message field. Don't forget, if you want to call Dan and set up a time to meet for a review of your financial situation, you do that by dialing 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326, and you can also go online to quizdan.com. Those are all the ways to reach out and get in touch. Always great resources, educational opportunities, ways to plug in with Dan and his teams serving you right here in Cincinnati and Dayton with 3 offices throughout the area. Reach out again by calling 844 844- Quiz Dan, and to get that report, you can text if you want to do it the uh, tech savvy way uh, by texting five 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 eight eight eight, and in the message field, you just write mistakes, and then don't forget to click on the link and fill out the information. More coming up on today's show. You're listening to Solving the Financial
0: Puzzle. With the constantly changing financial landscape, having a written, customized plan for retirement is more important than ever. In the Dayton area, turn to Dan Capril and the team at Matson and Capril. Call 844-784-9326. That's 844-784-9326 to schedule a complimentary review of your financial situation. Composer Stephen Sondheim once said, The nice thing about doing a crossword puzzle is you know there is a solution. That's exactly how you can view the financial world. You know there's a solution to the sometimes complex challenges facing you, especially when you plan for retirement. And if you need some help finding the right answers, then keep listening to Solving the Financial Puzzle with Dan Caprill. Thanks for joining
1: us this week on Solving the Financial Puzzle. Walter Storholt with you, and we're giving Dan a little break from the studio. We've brought in Nikki Early financial advisor and coach right here in the Cincinnati and Dayton area as well. She is, of course, uh, an essential part of the team at Matson and Capril. You can reach out by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN or go online to quizdan.com. But now is when we get to have a little bit of fun with Nikki on the show. And Nikki, I hope you're doing well this week.
3: I am. Happy Memorial Day weekend.
1: Yes, absolutely. And any, any fun or uh, big plans this weekend? Visiting family, anything like that?
3: We like to go up to my mom's lake house, so nice. I'm hoping that uh, the weather stays nice for the rest of the weekend.
1: Always one of my favorite weekends of the year, kind of that official kickoff of summer, and it just everyone's attitude seems to just improve a little bit this weekend. I don't know what Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. But uh, I always enjoy it. Well, uh, hopefully everybody's well-behaved up at the Lake House. We're going to be talking about raising kids and how (laughs) how that relates to financial planning. Because, believe it or not, parenting and investing are two activities that have a lot in common. I think it was a couple of weeks ago we talked about the similarities of personal training, like physical personal training and financial planning. We can find a lot of the same similarities when it comes to raising kids. First thing that comes to mind for me, Nikki, is that nobody enjoys discipline, but it's necessary to get the results that you want.
3: Yeah. Listen, disciplining your children is not fun, but... We have to do so so that we're instilling values, and they turn out to be good adults, ones you're proud that you've raised. I think these days, um, you know, if you've raised a child that becomes a productive, respectful adult, you've probably done a decent job. Now, with your money, in the early years, you need to be disciplined. You need to spend less than you make but also make sure that you are saving for the future. Now, once you've built this nest egg, it's important that you keep yourself disciplined. And what I mean by that is that you're not emotionally buying or selling at the wrong times. We all wish markets grew in a linear fashion. They just don't, Walter. But as investors, that does not give us permission to abandon our strategies. A good financial plan not only builds in down years or flat years, but it expects them.
1: That's a good point. And I think that, uh, you know, it's funny when you talk about discipline. I don't know if you have any good, you know, discipline stories from from when you were growing up or maybe from your kids, but I'll never forget. uh, It's always the the, what type of discipline works on kids. And I'll never forget we were at the beach and uh, my parents had spanked me maybe once or twice, and my dad spanked me for something we did when we were vacationing at the beach, and I turned around with this little grin on my face and said, that didn't hurt, and he's just kind of paused for a second. He said, okay, and then he just turned around, walked out of the room, and closed the door and, and then said from the outside, don't come out till I tell you, and so I was left in this random room in the house that we were renting, and... And, and and the fear of having nothing to do was so much greater than any sort of like physical punishment. And it was... See,
3: that's not where I thought you were going, because my story is the same exact thing. That didn't hurt, but the next one immediately after did. I still remember to this day saying that to my dad.
1: My, my dad did not enjoy the spankings the few times that they did happen, so when he saw an out, he took it, because he didn't enjoy it himself. And uh, and it ended up being so much more effective. All he had to do was threaten any sort of timeout or whatever. I hated that form of discipline. I hated not being part of the action and what was happening with the rest of the family and, and just that, that fear, to, fear of boredom really was greater than any sort of like fear of pain, I think. Uh, Well,
3: in my case, I didn't get spanked again, so I learned my lesson.
1: (laughs) Either way, it worked. Uh, Exactly. Different forms of discipline, but it's uh, it's kind of fun to see how that plays out. All right, so something else that's important when raising kids and also when it comes to financial planning is that a well-balanced diet is important.
3: Yeah so I live in this little town and we have this ice cream shop called the Dairy Shed and the owners you can shake or thank me if you're listening to the program but <laughs> Free shout it out. happens <laughs> yeah exactly the Dairy Shed it happens to be less than 100 yards from our home So as you can imagine, if it were up to my kids, they'd eat dinner there every night. Now fortunately, it's not up to them. Now we know that a well-balanced diet, it's really, really important to healthy growth. I have a son who will only eat three vegetables. Corn, asparagus, and cucumbers. And Walter, guess what vegetables are always on hand in my home?
1: Those three, I'm guessing. (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
3: Now, as far as investing goes, for some investors, it's very tempting to load up on one particular type of investment. It might be one certain asset class that's performed well for the last few years, and you may be tempted to move more and more of your portfolio into that particular asset class. Well, Let's think back. That didn't work well for those, um, let's see, that loaded up on tech stocks in the late 1990s. So you always have to keep in mind that a good portfolio needs to have the the right amounts of not only risk, safety, income, liquidity, but also growth. And you're not going to get that all in one place. You have to be properly diversified over many different asset classes.
1: I think the dairy shed is the name of my refrigerator. Um, it's it's well-diversified and well-balanced within the dairy realm, uh, but that's about it. I think pretty much milk, cheese, and ice cream is about the only thing that's in there.
3: I like all those things, <laughs> All
1: right, so a well-balanced diet, very important in financial planning and in raising kids. Uh, patience is the next thing on the list. Oh, hugely important in raising kids and no different in financial planning.
3: Yeah. So, as a parent, you need an endless amount of patience. I really don't know how I got through the whole potty training thing, and I am certainly (laughs) not looking forward to teaching my son to drive in a few years. But listen, no matter how great your kids are, you're gonna need some patience. And just like with your portfolio, you can't expect miracles to happen overnight. You can't look for some get-rich-quick scheme that's gonna accomplish all your financial goals immediately. Instead, you gotta find some realistic options and give your plan time to work. Dan always likes to point out the redwood trees out in California, the fact that they didn't grow overnight. And they certainly don't grow the same amount every year. You have to expect some flat years and, yes, even negative years. A good financial plan is going to factor those years in, and over time we know markets grow. They just don't do it in that linear fashion like we'd like.
1: That's very true. We're talking with Nikki Early, financial advisor and coach with Mattson and Capril, serving you in Cincinnati, Dayton, and the surrounding communities as well. They have offices in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and in northern Kentucky. 844-QUIZ-DAN, your number to call to reach the team. That's 844-784-9326 or go to quizdan.com. Last piece of advice here for both raising kids and financial planning, another parallel, because I said so isn't actually a legitimate answer. I don't know, who wouldn't identify with that?
3: <laughs> yeah, it was really frustrating we were, when we were kids to hear that. And I always swore those words would never come out of my mouth, but guess what, they do, they, they do. Now that goes along with raising my children, certainly not in financial advice. When you are investing, you need to know what you're investing in and why. Your portfolio should be built around your goals and what you're looking to accomplish. Unfortunately, though, too many financial professionals have that, because I said so, mindset. They don't want to explain the recommendations or even teach you anything about your portfolio. They just want you to do what they say because they're supposedly the experts, but that is not an acceptable attitude. So, Walter, if any of the listeners out there find themselves in any of these situations, maybe they're lacking a little bit of discipline, maybe they're not as diversified as they think they should be or they just don't know, maybe they're not as patient as they they'd like with their investments, or maybe they're working with someone who really doesn't give them answers or reasons to why they're investing the way they are. They should come in and see us. We'll sit down and we'll certainly help look at what they're currently investing in, help them understand it, whether or not that's going to get them where they want to be. We'd love to talk with them.
1: And again, here's your number to call to reach Nikki Early, Dan Caprill, and the team at Mattson and Capril. 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326. That's the number to call to get in touch. 844 quiz dan Eight four four seven eight four ninety three twenty six. Set up a time to meet that's convenient for you. Come in and talk to the team about your situation, how you might be able to better prepare financially going forward. Look at financial planning and retirement planning through a little bit different lens than maybe what you're used to, than maybe what you see on TV or uh, let's even pick on ourselves, what you hear on the radio sometimes from other advisors. Come see a different way with the team at solving the financial puzzle. That's what we call the show because. We want to put together the different pieces that lead to a successful financial future. 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844-784-9326 is your number to call. Nikki, have a great rest of uh, your weekend, and hopefully don't have to discipline anybody up at the lake house this weekend.
3: (laughs) I hope not. Thank you, Walter. Talk next week.
1: Enjoy the holiday weekend, and uh, stay tuned. There's still more coming up on today's show. Dan's back in the studio in just a moment. More on the way. Stay right there.
0: Do you have a question you want featured on the show? Go to AskDan.com to submit your question, and our host here on Solving the Financial Puzzle, Dan Caprill, might feature it on a future show. So go to AskDan.com today. Thanks for joining us this week on Solving the Financial
1: Puzzle. This is the show that helps put together all those different pieces so that you can have a better financial, a better retirement plan in place. As you go through the future, if you want an education about your plan, if you want to get some solid guidance, reach out, have a conversation with Dan Capril and his great team at Mattson & Capril serving you in Cincinnati and Dayton and the surrounding areas as well. Dan has three offices here in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky as well. He's a certified financial planner and your local wealth coach in the area. Reach out by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN, that's 844-784-9326, or check them out online by going to quizdan.com. You know, financial advice and planning can be pretty boring at times, Dan, and I'm glad that you're the kind of person that likes to have a little fun with these kinds of topics and conversations, injects a little life into this whole thing.
2: Uh, the best compliment I've ever gotten from people is that I make it sound interesting. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Well, folks, if you're listening to the show today, I think you'll enjoy this next segment because we're going to have a little bit of fun while still learning a good amount of information here. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is take some famous movie quotes and let you put them into financial context. So what does each quote make you think of in the financial realm? We'll see where where these different quotes take us, what, what road they'll lead us down. And some of these are simple, so you can kind of go wherever you'd like with them. Uh, The first one, we'll start off with Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator, I'll Be Back, is the simple— got to say it right. It's I'll be back. (laughs) I'll be back.
2: (laughs) It's like like Bach, B-A-C-H. I'll be Bach.
1: I'll be Bach. What does that mean to you?
2: Well, you know, invariably, whenever I think about that, it it always comes back to market volatility. You know, when's the next economy going to slump? When's the next market going to crash? The thing about we need to understand is that we don't know. We absolutely have no idea what markets are going to do before they do them. And the simple reason is because markets react to news. And where I get particularly concerned is when people try to time these things. Or they go out and they hire somebody who thinks that they can time it for them. So, you know, we're always hearing, you know, anytime the market goes up, you get all these doom and gloom people. Oh, get ready for the next market crash. And then as soon as the market starts to go down, they say, oh, it could go down even more. Because there's profit to be made on their side by promoting this doom and gloom. Look, the Terminator may come back, but he does get defeated just about every time. Although I do think that maybe the last one, the, the computer's won. But the point is, is that market declines are normal. We've always had them. And usually when the economy gets so good and things are going so well, that's usually when our friends in Washington decide to mess with it. And markets then react negatively to that, and they go, damn, but we don't know what these things are gonna be until they happen. Everything we know about anything is already factored into the price. Everything we know about Procter & Gamble, AT&T, it doesn't matter. Name a company, Microsoft, it's already factored into the price. It's what we don't know that's going to move it in another direction. Now, if you can get a copy of someone's briefcase who works at the company and you got insider knowledge, well, yeah, you can outperform markets skillfully, but it's illegal. So everything else results in, in speculation. So, all right, I'll be back. Yeah, whenever you're back, we'll be ready for you. Have a part of your portfolio that's always prepared for the negative volatility. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. If you want to know what the next year's rate of return is going to be, I have no idea. Throw darts. You have a better chance of winning. If you want to know what it's likely to be over 20, 30 years, well, you know, history is a pretty good guide in that respect. Capitalism works. It finds a way. No matter how many bad things people can say about it, you know, no matter how many times Bernie Sanders wants people to think socialism is glorious, capitalism wins because – capitalism is based on freedom and freedom is what we naturally aspire to. So yeah, markets will come down, you know, tax rates will go up. It's a fact of life. The key is to have a plan where no matter when they happen, you're prepared.
1: That's a great point. And uh, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger would be proud of that answer no doubt about it. Thank you. And I'm you sure know, I
2: heard I heard that he was going to take over the apprentice the really? Apprentice. Okay. Yeah, and of course I would. So imagine he'll be
1: president he, soon.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, could be. But I would imagine then he instead of him saying you're fired, he would say you're terminated. Yeah. Can't you see that? Oh! <laughs> if they
1: don't do that, that'll be a shame.
2: I mean, oh, they'll have to do it. That's they'll just have to. too Trump easy. Trump probably Trump probably has already trademarked "you're yes, fired." Yes. So. But, oh, yeah, he says, you're terminated. I mean, oh, yeah. people are going to watch that show in droves. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. Oh, that's too funny. That is really yeah. funny. All right, so uh, that that's I'll Be Back and uh, the correlation you can draw there. There are some other good quotes we can touch on here, though. I'll, uh, I'll look to see if you – I'm sure you've seen a few good men. I mean, how can you not have seen oh. – Jack Nicholson and— uh, I
2: bet I know what the quote's going to be. Then.
1: I'm sure you do. Uh, you can't handle
2: the truth, right?
1: Right. Either that or uh, you need me on that wall. We'll you
2: need s- me? yes. <laughs>
1: we'll save that one for another time, though. Yes, you can't handle yeah. the truth is the, uh, is the quote.
2: Yeah. I mean, first of all, one of the commitments I always make to my clients is that I'm going to tell them what I feel they should do even if they don't want to hear it. You know, In the end, they're the boss, but what they need from me is candor. And if they're heading into the wrong direction, it's my job to tell them that. Whether that means they, they want to adopt a bad investment philosophy, which in that case we probably wouldn't work with them, or if they want to spend more than really what they should, you've got to be told that. I mean the whole idea behind having a good coach is a person that's going to be candid with you. They're going to care about you and they're going to be candid. And too often uh, we don't see that. What I see is people being motivated to buy products and to adopt certain strategies based on what they want without having any real understanding if this is truly, truly good for them. Um, A good doctor is not going to motivate you just to come into his office unless there's a good reason. And it's the same thing with your portfolio and your financial strategy of all. Now, having said that, though, I've seen examples where people will have a significant amount of their money in one or two company stocks, and it's almost like to them, that stock is a family member. Oh, my father gave me those stocks. Well, if you're going to put 90% of of your net worth in one company, boy, you're really rolling the dice. A lot of great companies have had some difficult times. Look at the stock price of GE from, since right before 2008 to then to now. I mean, these are good companies. You may think that stock's been good to you. That stock doesn't know you from Adam. It's time for you to be objective. And the truth sometimes hurts, but it's necessary. It's necessary that we don't live in this, this cloud of, I don't know, fantasy. So the truth is very important. A good financial advisor is going to tell you what you need to do, even if you don't wish to hear it. It's another one of the mistakes too often that people have when they work with a financial advisor, which you know, makes you think of, you know, get a copy of this report we put together. In fact, it's a whole toolkit of information. It's not just the report. It's um, called The Seven Biggest Mistakes People Make When They Hire a Financial Advisor. And you can get it by texting the word MISTAKES. To 555 888. That's mistakes, 555 888. Or go to quizdan.com. You can click on there, quizdan, and just ask for it. And my office will get it right out to you. But great kit. and I we'll spent a lot of time putting it together for people, making sure they understand it, because uh, the truth is very important. And I would like to tell you, you know, as much as I'd like to tell you, that the financial services industry is designed to give you the truth. No. We've been seeing so many mystical things being sold, the belief that markets can be successfully timed, the belief that stocks can be successfully picked. The academic evidence is overwhelming that those things can't be done. Let's use truth to be successful. Let's not try to beat the odds. Let's use the odds. And a good advisor is going to be very candid with you.
1: That's a great point. Again, we're talking with Dan Capril right here on Solving the Financial Puzzle. He is located right here in Cincinnati, serving you in the Dayton area as well as a certified financial planner. Uh, Get your portfolio MRI by calling 844-QUIZ-DAN. Find out how you can better prepare for your financial future that way. That's 844-784-9326, or that resource Dan was just talking about. You can pick that up by texting the word MISTAKES. Be sure to put the S on the end there, MISTAKES to 555 and fill out the information. We're going over some famous movie quotes relating them to the financial world. One of my favorite actors, Kevin Spacey in The Usual Suspects, said the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What a line.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize that it came from that movie because I've that one resonated with me when I heard it, and I couldn't remember exactly where. So yeah, that that's good. And when I think of the devil, and when it comes to personal finance, I think of fees, I think of internal costs. A lot of firms are not very transparent with where the fees are, where the costs are. The old adage is what you can't see can't hurt you. But no, internal costs are real and they definitely can hurt you. Most people are alarmed when they find out what the cost of their portfolio is. What's the cost of management? Now look, some expense is necessary. So I'm not discounting it at all. I just want you to be aware of it. I want you to know what's out there. So... You know, we don't go, you know, the industry, the financial service industry doesn't go as far as to say the, the fees don't exist. What they do is they bury them in this big prospectus with very, very small writing that they almost are certain you're never going to read. Well, the advisor to spell that out for you. He ought to show you what that is. And all projections that he makes for your retirement should be net of those fees. If not, your, your plan is flawed. The worst part is, of course, when people don't know. You know, I hear people say, I have no idea what I pay. Yeah, that's not good. That's a problem. It doesn't mean that your, your fee's too high. I just want you to know. You need to be aware of what you're paying. And the simple reason is because it comes out of the portfolio. It's on your statements, but again, too often people don't like to read their statements. You should. If you don't know how to read it, well, that's what your advisor should do. Again, another one of the seven mistakes people make when they hire a financial advisor. A lot of mistakes that, that can come up, and you need to be aware of what those things are. So, yeah, the fees are there. They're like the devil. They're there. You may not see them, so they're doing their damage behind the scenes, and you don't want that. You need to have that figured out. you got to find out what that information is because that's real money to you. If you can lower your fees, you increase your net worth without exposing yourself to any additional expense. And remember, it's a total cost, not just the cost of what the the advisor charges you, but the cost of the investment products that he's using. Um, Those can be sometimes far greater than what the advisor is charging you. So I've heard people say, oh, my advisor only charges, I don't know, half a percentage point. Yeah, well, that's because the products that he's charging you, that he's putting you in, are charging you 2%. So Mm. you're really paying two and a half. That's a problem. You didn't know that. And, of course, the response is, oh, I didn't know that. I know. Because that wasn't part of that advisor's practice. Fee transparency was not. They didn't do anything illegal. They gave you the materials. They just assumed you were going to read them. Actually, they probably knew you weren't going to read them, but that's an easier way. Instead, let's break it out. Let's let you sit there and let's look at them. And then let's have you make a conscious decision on what you feel is best for you
1: to bring this full circle. It's the advisor. Your advisor is who you need on that wall protecting you against those hidden fees. That's
2: mm-hmm.
1: that, that's what you need. Yeah,
2: I mean, a good advisor should be your advocate. And, um, and you know, we, there's a lot of talk nowadays about fiduciary standard and the fact that advisors are all going to be required to legally put your interests first. Otherwise, they can face civil litigation. Being a certified financial planner and a registered investment advisor, we have had that commitment to our clients since we started. A lot of advisors hold to what's called a suitability standard, which basically says, no, it doesn't have to be your best interest, it just has to be suitable for you. Well, that's a completely different standard. So to me, you always want to have somebody who's willing to put your best interest first, to be honest with you, and is willing to lose you as a client rather than do something wrong. And if you've got that, I mean, if you've got somebody who's willing to say to you, you know what, I don't think we're a good fit, or I don't think we're a good fit anymore, you've got to admire that integrity. Because they really are saying, look, I want to put your interests first, but it will not be an enabler for you to do something wrong. Or it will not be an enabler for you to pay more than you should.
1: Our last quote from the uh, from the movies, we'll have to do this again with some other quotes in the future, uh, but we'll turn to uh, Paul Newman, Mr. Cool himself, and Cool Hand Luke, the movie. Uh, what we've got here is a failure to communicate.
2: Yeah, I think as he was getting ready to go in the box. And right. <laughs> and what we have here is a failure to communicate. Again, it speaks to some of the questions we've gotten earlier in the show about people not having a lot of communication with their advisor, not really being sure what they've got. They met with them a few years ago. They paid them a few years ago. They may still be paying them now. But the advisor's focus is more towards new clients than it is towards existing clients. Big, big problem. Generally, what happens is the the firm isn't willing to invest the resources necessary to treat everybody equally. And as a result, you would think that the the old clients would get treated better, and studies show no. It's important that you have a clear understanding about what you're doing, that you know what you're doing, if you're working with somebody. You don't have to be an expert, but you have to have a good basic understanding. More importantly, that firm has to have a system in place for ongoing communication for you. And if it doesn't, there's a problem there. You should demand it. You deserve it. You deserve to have that type of attention. You deserve to have your strategy continuously updated. You deserve to get continuous education provided to you. These are the things that are essential for your benefit. And if you're not getting them, you owe it to yourself to either demand them or to find out where else you can get them. So again, seven biggest mistakes people make when they retire and work with a financial advisor. It's, it's being willing to accept a lack of communication. There's things that you need to do to improve upon that and you know what it doesn't have to be a situation where necessarily you're on the phone with them all the time no i get that but there should be information there should be workshops there should be opportunities for you to learn more and and to continue to be educated more importantly your advisors should be available to you whenever you need them so if it's a situation where you need to come see them that should be made available you shouldn't be told oh sorry you can't you got to come to a workshop to see me or you got to work with with somebody else in my firm no to me that's completely unacceptable if that advisor is too busy, well, I think that's told you something. So, again, I encourage you, get a copy of the report, Seven Biggest Mistakes People Make When They Hire a Financial Advisor. I think it's going to be a bit of an eye-opener because it's kind of like a behind-the-scenes from an insider as to what is, what is out there. In fact, when I wrote this, a few of my friends who are also financial advisors, they weren't particularly happy with me. They're like, <laughs> you know, this isn't the type of stuff you should be saying. No, it's exactly the type of stuff that I should be saying. And we will say, you know, to people time and time again. So get a copy of it. Text the word MISTAKES to 555-888 mistakes 555-888 you're going to get a, a return back from me and you click on the link you, you enter your data I got into your data you don't enter your your address i have no idea how to send it to you the other thing too is uh, once you do that we're also going to keep you on a workshop so and you'll also automatically get a copy of our monthly newsletter uh which is called solving the financial puzzle so that goes out there too i should i should point that out if any of our listeners ever want to be on our newsletter list uh with all due humility it's a pretty good newsletter and i, I have a team of people that help me but we put a lot of time into it uh just go to quizdan.com and uh request it you know the button that says quizdan click on it and say send me a newsletter uh you have to give us your address but again don't worry we're not gonna bother you we just need your mailing address because we're old school here uh, we actually send out things people can read. I, I have an e-reader, but I still like something tangible.
1: Yeah, it's nice holding those things in your hand. Well, we didn't have any um, any quotes from The Wizard of Oz this time around, but you're giving people <laughs> a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, uh, yes. to see how the, the financial world is working a little bit with that, with that resource, with uh, mm-hmm. the, the seven things to know when you hire a financial advisor things you need to know, the things behind the curtain that are going on that you need to be aware of, Uh, that's what you can find out when you text the word MISTAKES mistakes be sure to put the s on the end there mistakes text that word to 555-888 and then just click on the link give the brief information there and uh, that report will be in the mail to you as well as some of those other goodies dan was talking about a moment ago and don't forget the number to call to reach dan directly and his team 844 quiz dan 844-784-9326 if you're here in cincinnati if you're in dayton and uh, you are uh, wondering what's coming up next on solving the financial puzzle don't fear it's tales from the tax side one of our favorite parts of the week coming up next so stay right there
2: lurking in the shadows and hiding in every investable asset there is no escaping from tales from the tax side
1: with dan capril Tales from the Tax Side time with Dan Caprill, a certified financial planner, of course, right here in the Cincinnati and Dayton areas, serving you each and every week here on the radio and each and every day in one of the three offices they have throughout in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and even northern Kentucky as well. Dan, what's this week's story about taxes?
2: Yeah, we're going to talk about rich people today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. We can learn a lot from rich people because rich people pay a lot in taxes. You know, despite what politicians want you to believe out there, the more you earn, the more you will pay. Now, one thing that sometimes happens is is wealthy people, um, at least hire people who give them um, strategies that are completely legal that everybody else should use, and they take advantage of those. But in the end, the piper always eventually does get paid. It's just how he gets paid. So, you know, I, I came across the statistic that, and it's probably even different. Well, I'm sure it's much different today. But if you go back to the 1980s and you look at the, the the CEOs of corporations, on average, they made 42 times more than their average worker. Now today they make about 500 times more. Actually, this was as of 2000, so oh, wow. it could be even higher. Now. I don't really view that as a problem at all. I mean, to me, to suggest that someone has to be less successful or that the CEO gets paid less, that the workers are going to get paid more. People who say that, it's its a great political soundbite. But if a corporation decides to pay the CEO less, they are not going to just give everybody else um, a raise. That money will go into equipment or you know, whatever the case might be. The, the truth of the matter is that companies pay what they have to pay to keep talent if that's what it takes. So. If we take a look at this one I came across, the, the guy who runs the Discovery Channel, which, to be honest with you, other than Shark Week, I don't know what good comes out of the Discovery <laughs> That's Channel. That's right, um, yeah. You know, I think they, they did that Honey Boo Boo show
1: um, Was that well, Discovery? But, okay.
2: Yeah. yeah, I believe it was Discovery. So, we discovered so the, the chairman, a lot with
1: that show, I'll tell you what.
2: <laughs> I know. The chairman there, a uh, gentleman by the name of David Zaslav. Base salary, $3 million. Yeah, well, it's definitely okay. less than the average NBA player did get a 6.1 million dollar bonus. All right, I assume right. that the, the station had a good year. He also racked up about 95 million dollars oh. in stock Hello. and um and, and 50 million in options. Okay. And then he scored another 1.9 million other compensation, which is things like uh, the company jet, you know, car allowance okay. and stuff like Perf, that. So perks, right. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, you, you know, you think that 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 Every CEO wants to be on that list, but unfortunately, though, when you're on a list like that, you're also paying a ton in tax. So, for example, if you look at Zaslav, his his tax. So he had nine million in salary and bonus, but he's automatically going up to the 39.6% federal income tax rate. Now he's also got to pay uh, about seven and a half percent in FICA tax, payroll tax, in the first 1185, and then he's got to pay 2.9% on everything above that. And then there's the Obamacare tax of 0.8% and everything above 250000 Now, he's from New York. So the Empire State piles on another 9%. So, I mean, he's clearly not keeping at all what he's making. And so we need to dispel this myth that people who make a lot of money you know, aren't going to um, pay their tax. Now... Some CEOs like to play a little mind trick and say, well, I'm not going to be one of those CEOs. I'm going to take a salary of $1. Mm-hmm. And the chairman of Google, Larry Page, did just that. $1, one measly buck. But don't feel bad for him, because on just one day this year, his stock went up $4 billion, the stock shares that he owns.
1: On one day? Company. Wow!
2: One day. For the year of 2015, his personal holding value of his Google stock went up $8 billion. Now, here's the beautiful thing about it. He didn't pay a single dime of tax. No. Now why is that? Well, let's, let's understand why. Because he owns the stock, the stock appreciated in value. Until he sells the stock, he doesn't have to pay any tax. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He has not realized a gain. So what has he done? He's very wisely said, you know what? I don't need a salary, which PR, that's all. Oh my god, what a great chairman. He pays his janitors more than he makes. No, he's making a ton of money, and I don't begrudge him at all. But the beauty of it is, is that when he ultimately gets around to selling that stock, the most that he will pay is about 23% because capital gain taxes are taxed lower. So he understood that. It's like, what do I need a salary for? I'll just sell stock whenever I need money for anything. I'll pay a lower tax on it. And then, you know, so he, – oh, here's the other beautiful thing. If he doesn't spend all that money, if he doesn't sell the stock – If he dies and leaves money to his heirs, they're going to receive a step-up in cost basis, which means they'll be able to sell all the stock and pay no capital gains tax. Wow. So it's very often when people will say to me, I've got this stock and it's got a very low cost basis. I don't think I'll ever use it. Should I give it to my children? I say, no, don't give it to them. Leave it to them when you die. Because when you leave it to them when you die, you get a step-up in basis. Now, I assure you that Larry Page knows all this, which is why he's got the strategy that he has. Now, we don't have to be CEOs to have good tax planning strategies, but most people don't. They have tax filing strategies. Tax filing strategy means, you know, it's um, January, all the 1099s are coming in. I need to collect all this stuff, give it to my accountant, and pray that I don't owe money. That's most people's tax strategy. That's a filing strategy. What you need is a tax planning strategy. What you need is a strategy that's designed proactively to minimize your taxes. And there are so many things you can do within the 72,000 pages that make up the U.S. tax code. But most people just don't do it. You know, let's be proactive on that. You know, I'm not into market timing stocks. I am into tax timing. So you've got to learn more about that. Uh, The easiest way that we've tried to make it easier for our listeners to learn about it is our Retirement Rescue Toolkit. And this is a toolkit of supplies, audio pieces, reports, books, all geared towards explaining to you the tax issues that you're going to face in retirement, and the steps that you need to take to minimize that. So I'd really like to encourage everybody who's listening, get a copy of this toolkit. It's free. It's loaded with information, and would love to send it to you. So the way you get it, it's very simple. You want to text the word retire to 555-888. Again, that's retire, 555-888. Now, when you do that, a, a web page is going to pop up, uh, actually, you're going to get a response back from me on your phone, and you're going to click the link, and then a web page pops up, and you've got to enter your data. Enter your data in there, then we send you out the, the, the toolkit. If you don't do that, I can't send you the information, because it's tangible. It's not something you're going to download. It's actually old-school books, CDs, those types of things, but very, very valuable information. You need to understand the difference between planning and filing. It's huge, and I just see examples of it all the time. So you know, in the case of the Discovery Channel CEO, he didn't really do a lot of planning. And he actually looks bad now. He looks like this super wealthy guy. No one, has, no one has sympathy anymore for wealthy people. I think they should. In fact, I think they should be admired because it shows you how great a country it is that people of, of average means growing up can achieve this type of level if you have a product that people want. But in the case of, of the Google CEO, smart. Yeah, you don't need the money. Sell stock whenever you want. In the meantime, he made $8 billion, and he's going to pay a fraction of the tax that some of his CEO counterparts would make. Well, you can employ those same strategies yourself. They are not exclusive to just CEOs. There are many things that you can do, and you need to know what those things are. Uh, we can show you with our with our retirement rescue tool. We'll also invite you to our workshops as we have them throughout the year. So take full advantage of that.
1: So get the retirement rescue toolkit by texting the word retire to 555-888, 555-888. Text the word retire Click on the link that will get sent right back to you and uh, then fill out the brief information and you'll get that toolkit in the mail. Text the word retire to 555-888 to get your hands on that toolkit. Uh, you can also, by the way, if you don't have a smartphone and you want to get the toolkit, you need to call because you won't be able to click on the link and follow it to the webpage. So you need to call 844-QUIZ-DAN. That's 844-784-9326 and then just request the toolkit that way. 844-QUIZ-DAN, 844 784 9326. That's also the number to call. If you want to just uh, come in, set up a time to meet in one of the three offices here in the area in Cincinnati, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky, uh, Whatever is lo- uh, located near you and convenient for you, you can come in and meet with the team, talk about your situation, maybe get that portfolio MRI, take a deep look at what's going on in your financial plan right now. 844-QUIZ-DAN is that number to call, or text the word RETIRE to 555 Dan, thanks for the story and thanks for all the help on the show today. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week.
2: It's great. You all have a great week and uh, start planning, people.
1: Absolutely. Great point. And I hope you enjoy the holiday weekend as well. Thanks so much for listening to our show this week. We'll talk to you again next time on Solving the Financial Puzzle.
0: Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement
2: for either firm, Call 800-353-7923.